The Vermont Conversation with David Goodman is brought to you by Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility and by Vermont Student Assistance Corporation, Green Mountain Power, Concept 2, Norwich Solar Technologies, The Alchemist Brewery, Let's Grow Kids, UVM Medical Center, and nearly 700 business members of Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility who believe that sustainable business practices value people, planet, and profit. This is David Goodman. Welcome back to the Vermont Conversation. We're seeing the images every day. 800 cars in line to a food shelf in Pittsburgh. Residents of New York City lined up for many, many blocks to receive free food. Here in Vermont, food shelves are experiencing a spike in demand. Now, a new study from UVM this week reveals there is a 33% increase in food insecurity since the coronavirus outbreak began. We're going to have three guests in this half hour to talk about the situation with food insecurity in Vermont. Anor Horton is the executive director of Hunger Free Vermont. Meredith Niles is an assistant professor in UVM's Nutrition and Food Sciences Department. And Rob Meehan is the director at Feeding Chittenden. I want to start with Meredith Niles from uh, UVM, uh, who was one of the co-authors of the report that came out this week about rising food insecurity in Vermont. Meredith, what did your report reveal? Hi, David. Thanks for having me. We found through our research, which was a survey done between March 29th and April 12th here in Vermont, uh, we had over 3,250 Vermonters respond to the survey, that we've seen a 33% increase in food insecurity among those respondents um, since the coronavirus outbreak. And so that is telling. I think it suggests that um, we are seeing the impact of some of the, the changes that we've had to make. Uh, around coronavirus. Uh, one thing to really note that I think is especially important is the direct link of this to people who had experienced a job loss or disruption. So not only are we seeing an increase in food insecurity, um, but most of the increase that we are seeing is for people who are newly food insecure because they've had a job loss or disruption. Now, what does how does this compare this 33% increase in Vermont do you have a sense of how that compares to what other states are seeing that's a great question um as of as of right now i have not seen other comparative data although i know that uh feeding america did a national survey that perhaps um can be spoken of by the other guests in fact, we were, as far as we know, we're the first uh, movers from a research perspective on, on measuring this at a state level. Um, and since that time, and I should mention that our, our work at UVM with my colleagues Farrell and Emily in my department is in collaboration with Johns Hopkins University in Maryland. And so we are now also working on trying to understand this in other states. And we've had researchers reach out to us from many other states, Arizona, New Mexico, Maryland, um, all across the country to actually ask similar questions and to use our survey as a benchmark in other states as well. So my hope is that we'll have more information and in understanding this um, in other states as well, but uh, a lot of data collection is still ongoing, and, and Vermont, I think, was the first state to really measure this impact. But, you know, as you mentioned in your introduction, we're seeing the photos of this playing out all over the country. I mean, the photos from San Antonio 
people lining up and sleeping in their car in order to, to get food from a food pantry, it's, it's heartbreaking. And so, you know, I think, unfortunately, what we find here in Vermont um, is probably happening in other parts of the country as well. Is there a, another, other divides that you're seeing in terms of uh, racial and other socioeconomic indicators that, you know, can you break that down? Who's experiencing the most food insecurity? Sure. Yes, we can. Yep. So in our survey, um, which given the, the size of the response that we had um, was, was a pretty robust survey in terms of the, um, the people that responded, what we can tell you is that the people who are more likely to be food insecure in Vermont include households with children, unfortunately, uh, larger households, and then also people uh, who are uniquely vulnerable. So uh, low-income households, but also people of color and women were more likely to be classified as food insecure. So we certainly know that um, there are demographics that are experiencing this more than other demographics across the state. We're still trying to do some analysis. We've only had the data in our hands for you know a little over a week, so there's still a lot of work that we want to do. But one of the things we're also trying to understand is the distribution of uh, this food insecurity across the state, whether it might be affecting rural areas um, more so than, for example, Chittenden County. Well, let's turn to Rob Meehan. He's the director at Feeding Chittenden, uh, formerly the Chittenden Emergency Food Shelf. Um, Rob, what are you seeing on the ground in at, with your food shelf? Hi, David. Thanks so much for, for having me back. I first want to thank you. I also want to thank Meredith for her research and, and Nora for all the great work that's happening at Hunger Free Vermont. I can show a little bit about uh, what we've done as far as our response in this emergency. Um, hopefully you can hear me okay. Yes, can hear you fine. Great. Yeah, so essentially we've had to change our entire operation. We are usually based on having people congregate, coming to share meals and choose what groceries they'd like. Now we've moved to a takeout system, and uh, as Meredith's research shows, we've seen an increase on 38% with the groceries that we distribute. And we answered the call from our friends who work in the homeless uh, service providers network to create emergency meals that we're delivering to 14 different motels throughout Chittenden County. We have a team of chefs that are doing that. Um, we've also increased our homebound delivery program because a lot of people who are sick with the virus uh, can't come come out and visit. So we're seeing a lot of people who are, are scared and uh, you know worried, as I'm sure a lot of the listeners are today. Um, and we're trying to meet that need with food, just like our our wonderful workers at our schools are doing. As a shout out to all those folks today that are moving food out on the buses. But um, I can speak to Meredith's point about feeding America a little bit. Feeding America is um, thinking that there will be as much as 46% increase in food insecurity across the country, and we won't be, you know, uh, any different here in Vermont. You'll see more people in need with folks being displaced from work and otherwise already marginalized. So. Uh, yes, great, great increase in in demand, and and we're trying to keep up in a safe manner, obviously, both with our workers and volunteers, but also with the food that we're providing. 
How many people, Rob, are you feeding now compared to before the pandemic uh, really set in? Well, uh, we have about uh, 800 boxes of food going out each week um, to different households. And we're seeing about 220 people that we're delivering to each week in addition to that. And that's groceries. Our meals, like I said, uh, we're doing uh, 1,300 meals a day that are being delivered and an additional 60 to 70 that are on site where people come and get it to go. So it is an enormous amount of food being moved uh, relatively <laughs> frantically. And I, I could share another anecdote that today uh, the food bank and the National Guard have distributed some MREs some of Vermont's airports and I heard that the the drop in salt and all the food is gone already. And then, so there, there's a lot of activity across the state. Now, in the terms of uh, compare what you're doing now to, say, you know, three, four months ago. Well, it's completely different. And i got to say, uh, we don't see an end in sight. So what this is making us do is rethink how charitable food is dis- distributed frankly. So in a few months ago, we had a, a soup kitchen where people would congregate and use our facility and come out of the cold. And now uh, that's no longer available. Uh, even the basic things of having a, a restroom available for people who live in their vehicles or in camps, uh, some of the just basic functions are, aren't there for people. And uh, it's a dramatic change. Are you concerned about the ability of your organization and your partner organizations to keep up with the demand? Um, you know, there is a conversation at a, a another field talking about food shortage in the country and, and what will happen with food. Uh, today, we're not concerned about running out of actual food, but a year from now at this pace, we that unknown is, is a little scary. Well, let's turn to Anur Horton, Executive Director of Hunger Free Vermont. Anur, as you listen to the data from Meredith Niles and the picture at the ground level from Rob Meehan, what jumps out at you about the picture that we have at this moment about hunger in our communities? Yeah, um, hi, David, and thanks for having me on. And um, I just want to start by acknowledging uh, Meredith and her team for so quickly um, conducting this survey and getting us this data, which is really, really helpful and important for us to have. And Rob, um, you know, thank you for all of your efforts and the incredible difference you're making for folks in, uh, in Chittenden County. Uh, with your food distribution efforts. You know, um, something that Rob just said uh, really struck me. Um, he said, well, it's it, this, this situation, uh, first of all, there's no end in sight. And I think that's really important to, um, to underline. We don't know how long this kind of situation that we're in right now is going to continue. But I think it's very important um, as we make our plans for how we're going to take care of 
Vermonters um, through this pandemic that we understand that this is not a short-term situation in any way. And Rob said it's, it's causing him to rethink how charitable food is distributed. I think that, that this pandemic needs to cause all of us to rethink um, how a lot of key social goods are distributed. <laughs> um, and food is uh, clearly emerging as a very fundamental piece of that. Um, if you think about what's being required right now of the amazing volunteers um, of Feeding Chittenden, of the philanthropic sector, of um, folks like, like Rob, um, you know, this system of, of having a totally separate uh, system of distributing food to low-income people in our community um, becomes very difficult to sustain when we have this kind of increase in food insecurity. Um, we need to be thinking about how we can systematize a way for more people to be able to access food through grocery store kinds of channels to lift some of this burden off of um, our charitable food system. We have some programs that help with that, uh, Three Squares Vermont, WIC, um, Meals on Wheels, uh, but um, you know they're not accessible to everyone who needs them. I think that's what's really clearly being illustrated right now. So, Inor, you were on the Vermont Conversation last August, and at that time you were on talking about cuts to the SNAP program, otherwise known as uh, food stamps. So already people, you know, vulnerable people have been on the edge. Um, what is happening now as far as, you know, federal supports, traditional safety net programs, um, you, you know, what becomes of those and, and the, the fights that you were engaged in prior to this pandemic? Yes. Wow. Doesn't that seem like a lifetime ago, David, <laughs> um, in August with everything that's happened? But yes, um, that's a great question. So um, fortunately, um, the um, advocacy nationwide uh, was able to really um, bring a halt to those threatened cuts to the SNAP program, what we call Three Squares Vermont here in Vermont. And um, none of those cuts were enacted prior to the emergence of this pandemic. And the one that was set to go into effect, which would have affected um, people subject to work requirements. Um, as a result of the pandemic, um, those work, work requirements have been ended for everyone right now. So what's happening right now, um, and, I, and I'd like to acknowledge our Vermont congressional delegation because um, they have been really instrumental in pushing for this, but in the different um, acts that have been passed by the federal Congress recently, um, there's been actually an expansion of funding for SNAP, um, as well as for the um, school meal program, which I think it's really important to note is another critical piece of the puzzle right now in providing thousands and thousands and thousands of meals 
to children every day in Vermont. Um, if we didn't have such an effective school meal distribution system happening right now, we would be seeing um, food shelves running out of food and we would be seeing lines of cars at food shelves, I think. Um, but we've been really successful in Vermont, much more than pretty much any other state in having our school districts um, really step up and deliver um, huge numbers of meals every day right now. So that's making a big difference. So right now, the federal government is funding these programs at a higher level than normal. And in fact, um, applying for Three Squares Vermont right now is an even better idea for people because the, um, the benefit amount that you can receive has been automatically increased for everyone to the maximum benefit level for your household size. So right now, um, if you um, are eligible for Three Squares Vermont, if you're a household of one, your benefit level will be $194 a month. If you're a household of four, it will be $646 worth of food a month. So it's really worth applying right now. Um, well, that's very that's a very important message to get out uh, for people who are listening uh, or for listeners who know of people in a situation of food insecurity to actually make use of the benefits that you know they may or may not have used prior to this. Are there other things that you want people to know at this moment? Yes. Well, I want people to know that um, because of the inadequacy of our um, overall food, food support system, um, we've got to, everyone has got to use kind of the patchwork of programs that are available to them and that they're eligible for. So Three Squares Vermont is one, WIC is one if you are pregnant or you have a child under the age of five. Um, and the school meal distribution system is available right now to um, any child. Any child in the state of Vermont ages 0 to 18 can access um, 2 to 3 meals per day um, through their local school district. Um, and then, of course, there's also um, an expanded Meals on Wheels um, delivery system happening for um, anyone who's an older Vermonter who needs meals delivered um, so that you can safely stay at home. So um, more information about all of these programs, including how to apply and how to get help applying, um, can be accessed in one location um, at the Hunger Free Vermont website, and that's hungerfreevt.org. And you mentioned this could be an opportunity for transformative change in how we deliver food and how we, uh, you know, and what the safety net looks like. And, and I do believe that, you know, in crisis, there is opportunity. What could be a transformative outcome at the other end of this pandemic? Well, are, are we um, you know, first I want to say that, um, our charitable food system in Vermont is doing an amazing job of taking care of people in our communities. And um, that is so valuable and so important. 
and we should all be really, really grateful uh, for that effort. Um, but it's also just an, an unbelievable strain on those folks and the mostly volunteer system that operates um, our food shelves and food pantry network. And, um, and these kinds of situations, um, like this pandemic, really highlight um, how, how fragile that system is. Um, and so, you know, we could envision a system that was a lot less fragile than that and required a lot less effort and energy on the part of this uh, vast volunteer network and instead um, provided an easy way for people who needed um, additional support to access food because their um, work is not paying them enough or because they're out of work um, to be able to access um, something like a Three Scores Vermont program that would be a lot easier to apply for and would have a benefit level that was actually sufficient to let people um, purchase a month's worth of food. And, and um, you know, we could expand that program, right? We could raise the eligibility um, income cap. We could make the application process easier. That's just one possibility. Um, I mean, there's many other different strategies that, that we could employ, but I think we could certainly make our, um, our um, entitlement programs, our federal system, um, easier well, let me, to let use me ask, more uh, Rob Meehan. Let me ask Rob Meehan um, a, a similar question. What do you hope could uh, come out of this that would leave us in a better or stronger place for the people who you serve at Feeding Chittenden? Sure. Uh, Nora and I are, are very like-minded. Uh, I think we both believe that the onus that was shifted from government to charity and charitable food in general um, should be reversed. <laughs> but what we might learn from this uh, pandemic, and we might see some innovation come through this, is that there might be better ways to engage. So while I do agree that um, we could be distributing food in a, in a more equitable and more dignified way just through supermarkets for everyone, I don't think service providers uh, like folks Capstone and all the places right around Washington County um, are providing something that we really shouldn't ignore, and that's the these wraparound services for people that really help, you know, bridge from poverty to what once was an American dream. So while I, I see that whole picture, I do see the practicalness of changing the paradigm where people line up like days of old of the red lines in order to receive help. Through this pandemic, we could see ways to engage with people better, ways we could come together to move food in a, in a different way. People could be delivering for each other. There could be all kinds of different things that could come of this out of necessity. It may be positive in the end. Okay. Well, Anora Horton uh, from Hunger Free Vermont, Meredith Niles from UVM's Nutrition and Food Sciences Department, and Rob Meehan from Feeding Chittenden, I want to thank all three of you for joining us on the Vermont Conversation this week. Thanks for having me, David. Okay. Well, that does it for this week's Vermont Conversation. You can hear this and all uh, Vermont Conversations at vermontconversation.com any time of the day or night. 
And join us next Wednesday at 1 for another Vermont Conversation. I'm David Goodman. Thanks so much for listening. The Vermont Conversation with David Goodman. This special feature from Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility is underwritten in part by Vermont Student Assistance Corporation. VSAC helps students of all ages save, plan, and pay for college and career training with education and career planning services, need-based grants, scholarships, low-cost education loans, and Vermont's official 529 college savings plan. Norwich Solar Technologies, providing complete clean energy services to Vermont schools, towns, nonprofits, and businesses. Green Mountain Power, delivering clean, cost-effective, and highly reliable power to customers and offering cutting-edge products and services to reduce costs and carbon. The Alchemist Brewery of Waterbury and Stowe, proud B Corp, using the power of business to support a clean environment and economic opportunity for all. UVM Medical Center, Burlington, Vermont, the heart and science of medicine. Let's Grow Kids, a statewide campaign about the need for more high-quality, affordable child care in Vermont to better support our children, families, communities, and economy. Concept 2, designers and manufacturers of Concept 2 rowing oars, indoor rower, ski erg, and bike erg, and proud to support nonprofit groups such as the Green Mountain Club and nearly 700 business members of Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility who believe that sustainable business practices value people, planet, and profit.